Radio. I hope you're having a wonderful time with us right here on RX Radio. It's time for the Brunch Talk with me, Olive Najuma, your host every Saturday afternoon from 12 to 1 p.m. Please note that you can reach out to us about any topic you would want us to delve into through the RX Radio app or our social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, and even Instagram. Today on the Brunch Talk, we have a special guest that is none other than Honorable Dr. Miriam Matembe, a fully accomplished woman of destiny, lawyer, wife, mother, grandmother. She is also the former Minister of Ethics and Integrity, a former member of the Pan-African Parliament. She was also the chairperson of the Committee on Rules, Privileges and Discipline, which is a permanent committee of the Parliament of Uganda. Hmm, she's really accomplished. Dr. Matembe has been a strong proponent for and an advocate of women's rights in Uganda and fights for fairness and justice for all. She is also a founding member of a number of human and women's rights non-government organizations, both nationally and regionally, and is outspoken about the future of this country. Dr. Matembe, most importantly, loves God. Yes. Honorable Matembe, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me because this is the first time. Yes. I have come here and for me, being a senior citizen, <laughs> I'm not so very good on, on these online things. things. <laughs> so I'm glad also to be here to talk to you here on this online I, I am so happy, first of all, that you're here. You've inspired me so much over the years. You are one of those women in Uganda that I would point out and say, who inspires you? And I would be like, Maggie Chigozi, Miriam Matembe. <laughs> so you're on that list for the <laughs> that, over. That's actually very interesting because, mm. and I want to praise God for it because mm. All other people would like to inspire, mm-hmm. like I and Maggie Chugos inspire yes. many people, <laughs> but they don't have the maybe the the, the favor. So I, we want to thank God for this favor. And what makes me uh, feel good also right now mm. is that the moment you you mention Maggie. I'm invited to either talk to the women or to talk to who leadership or what. I meet their Margaret. So we are always together. We are always there. No, I'll tell you, you have inspired so many women in this country. Yeah. Because you see, not as many women have are as outspoken as you are because we come from a society where women are told not to speak or not to be firm but you do it and you remain a woman you get <laughs> oh yes it depends on the on the purpose god gives you yes and the passion mm. you have for that purpose and then god's power mm. and guidance over you okay that's what i would credit really i don't credit myself i know and that takes humility mm. to do that. So what we do on the Branch Talk is have conversations about different issues that affect our lives. It could be politics, social justice, economics, 
anything that is making news and has had everyone concerned, we will talk about it. And today on the Branch Talk, we want to deliberate on the events of last week when the first son, Mohoz Kainerugaba, celebrated his 48th birthday and, of course, the future of politics in the country. But for now, let's take a sip of water. Onaremo Matembe will eat some ginuts and get right into it. <laughs> Rx Radio. So there has been a lot of talk about last weekend's glamorous and pompous birthday celebrations for the first son, Lieutenant General Mohoz Kainerugaba. These celebrations stretched for three days and even had some major roads in the city closed. And the big question here is, given the prevailing circumstances with high fuel prices, escalating essential goods prices, was General Mohoz Kainerugaba's birthday celebration that more or less brought the city to a standstill necessary? You know, one thing that makes me happy, mm. like I was telling you, is that I go according to God's guidance. And if you can remember, I had predicted mm-hmm. that kind of thing because when they were talking about Moses' retirement mm-hmm. from the army, yes, I went on NBS and I told them, they called me and I told them, this is a preparation of the Mohoz project mm. to usher him into becoming the president of Uganda. Mm-hmm. And people were talking and I said, you wait, wait. Soon you will see. Mm. And it was just like one week or two eh? when we actually saw the launch <laughs> of Mohoz Kenerugaba into the presidency of Uganda come what do you call it? Handover, you know, <laughs> transition. So what you're We've saying been is... talking of transition. Yes. And so I told them, you wait, this is all, this is about the project of transition of bringing Mozkai Nerugaba to be the president of Uganda after his father. So, I said it, I prophesied it. And it came and true. It came true because let me tell you. But you know what? What disturbs me? You should expect people to be wise or intelligent enough to do what they want to do. But this whole project of bringing, launching Mohozi into his project of presidency. Mm-hmm. Eh? come after his father to be done like this there was no wisdom mm-hmm. no intelligence I would say it was silly silly <laughs> let me tell you you cannot do this I was even saying mm-hmm. that even if President Museven was not part of the arrangement mm-hmm. being a father mm-hmm. and seeing this hard situation of Ugandans who are in a crisis. Yes. Eh? Crisis and having the president having stood up and said you are going to remain like that because first of all we can't do much. 
the prices are international secondly we don't even have money to to meet the debt because you know we have a terrible debt to pay yes. and this debt will be paid by our grandchildren who never even uh, enjoyed the money or anything mm-hmm. at least even if he was not assuming he was not involved hmm? mm. if it was my child trying to to enjoy himself yes i'll tell him not now so that timing was time. bad i would say not at this time mm. because all ugandans are in a crisis things are so tough they are so hard they we can't are buying, afford we, food we are buying uh, soap they, at 10000 shillings they can't afford food they can't afford soap they can't afford medical they can't afford school fees they can't afford ugandans are, are here suffering and we have told them that there is we no can't money. help them because the situation is tight and difficult that's what i would have told him but for president Museven and his wife mm. Eh? Mm. to think that their son is the only ugandan who matter meanwhile on that day to think <laughs> that he is the only ugandan who matter in this country mm. to have billions and billions of money spent on to him when ugandans are suffering that is total lack of wisdom mm and intelligence. Mm. I am sorry if I'm abusing anybody, but since you've called me to give my view, this is it. Any person who is intelligent, who is wise, even if you wanted to launch the presidency project of their son, they would not have done it at this particular time. It they was would not have done it at this particular time. That was an action of somebody who doesn't have any intelligence and wisdom secondly why celebrate 48 years what is 48 years <laughs> you know when people are, are celebrating mm-hmm. they celebrate like the especially the the old who are becoming old you hmm? celebrate jubilee you, you, silver you jubilee ce- you, you celebrate like 50 yes like i'm now 60 mm-hmm. i have reached 70 but 48 but why should muhozi kainergabas 48 years be a national celebration for this nation what big deal Mm. I call it nonsense. So like hopeless. you like you said many Ugandans have been saying that this was no ordinary birthday because there is no reason why a 48 year old man should celebrate a birthday like that. But they say that this was a launch pad like you said of the person that might represent the NRM party come 2026. I mean <laughs> you know the bible mm. says the bible which i love says they have no eyes they can't see mm-hmm. they have no ears they can't, they can't hear. hear we've been talking we've been talking about this project about mm. this impending mohos project impending mohos project by the way this thing dates back 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 was it in 1992 was it 15 september when the people of the Vasita clan and the those very close to president Museven mm-hmm. when they held the meeting 
by the way, if you go on, is it Google? Mm-hmm. You'll find them there. When they decided that they, they are going to rule Uganda for a dynasty of 50 years. I've heard those yes, stories. Yes, it is not a story. It is true. The minutes are there because by the time I left parliament of Uganda, the seventh parliament, mm. we had submit those minutes were submitted before the speaker of parliament and the speaker asked the speaker second to institute an investigation into that meeting. Now you will know that by the time President Museven leaves power, he will have had 40 years of his dynasty and now 10 years for his son hand over to his son and we can't say that there will be only 10 so, years because so we every, don't have term so, limits so anymore. Every, for, uh, every Ugandan mm-hmm. hmm, has been hearing. They've been hearing. We've been talking about this project. Mm. But their ears were closed. Like the Bible says, they have ears they can't hear. Now, God wanted to open their eyes mm. by bringing this birthday celebrations <laughs> as a launch to launch What's coming for the, the most project of the presidents of Uganda? Now, if Uganda's eyes continue closed, then you know we confirm what God is saying they have ears they can't hear. Wow, they yeah. have eyes they can't see. But let me tell you, you, you technical people, mm. hmm? you technical people of, of technology, yes, you, you do tweet, tweet, yes, didn't you see that tweet? Yeah, where where President Museven is supposed to have said, actually the launch to say that for him, and I have always told you mm. that he has no political will to fight corruption. Mm. I have always said it. the good thing is that when I say things, they, they some of them actually happen. Mm. Eh? I told you many many times. I wrote it in my book. Hmm? The struggle for freedom and democracy betrayed that President Museven has no political will to fight corruption because the corrupt are the one who sustain him in power. in power. And you know, I was the first minister for ethics and integrity responsible for fighting corruption. And you remember when I refused the removal of term limit in Changkwanzi, I told him all the corrupt that his people were doing and I told him it was also corruption for him to want to change our constitution and remove the term limit and he threw me away because of your stance because of my stance and my integrity on that matter of corruption Mm. now he himself on this tweet he owned that me I am patient with the corrupt but Muhozi will fight corruption because he is impatient with the corrupt. In other words, this president, this man who is going to take over me, mm. is guaranteeing us. He's already put him there mm. and assuring us that for him, he will. So he's fight already corruption. indirectly endorsing this person that 
yourself but your, your future your children's future and the country's future in the hands will of be this safe man in the hands of this man safe you will fight corruption but if this is the man who was endorsing the son of Olanya mm. you see it is you know it is a system it is it is already planned and that kind of thing so that when Ugandan say no but why was he say but Olanya but who all mm. these all these i mean the, the the Uganda is no longer having elective office elective you can't say first of all it doesn't have democracy it is a dictatorship now secondly the democracy that would call democracy is not even elective it is it is uh, uh what do you call it so we have pseudo elections no the elections are, are not they actually they just read we don't have democracy we have military dictatorship but what is coming now is the kingdom mm. is the kingdom because we no longer have elective democracy we have military dictatorship which is now turning into a kingdom because you know and me what is disturbing me is president museven when he, they reinstated the kingdoms the regional kingdoms in this country he refused to reinstate the kingdom in the west the kingdom of ankore yes. and i said it clear i knew that president seven could not stand another leader respected and honored more Only honorable matembe we are going in, to in the western <laughs> Uga, in, in our kingdom of ankore we are going to, to have a short break and we'll be right back and uh, if you've just joined us i am hosting uh, honorable miriam atembe on this branch talk today and we are delving into the issue that was the birthday celebration over the weekend for the first son and also the commander land forces mohoz kainerugaba and when we come back the big question is what is the future of politics in our country if the mohoz project is for real we'll be right back Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for RX Radio. <laughs> RX Radio. Welcome back to the Branch Talk. My name is Olive, your host for this show every Saturday afternoon 12 to 1 p.m. You are such an awesome person for always listening to Rx Radio and for always sparing the time to tune in to the Branch Talk. We have amazing conversations with opinion leaders in the country, the Pearl of Africa and that is Uganda. Now today on this branch, we are delving into the matter that had tongues wagging that it's twitter on fire and that was the birthday celebrations of the first son also the commander land forces that is mohoz kainerugaba and the big question is was this an ordinary birthday celebration or it was a launch pad of the person that will represent the nrm party come 2026 and honorable matembe was telling me that no this is what we've been telling you from time immemorial mohozi is the person that is going to be given the keys to the kingdom and that kingdom is uganda interesting take on things so honorable matembe 
I have more questions. <laughs> so these events, the celebrations of the birthday, uh, attracted many numbers. And one wonders... In the event that the Mohoz project is for real, because you seem so sure that it is for real, does he, Mohoz, have, one, the numbers to win a presidential election, and two, the grit to run a country? First of all, the project is real. I mean, do I have to tell you you saw it? Those people who were joining, joining, like in Ushen, they said they were running to eat. You know, Ugandans, let mm. me tell you, Ugandans, I'm sorry, Ugandans, if I'm going to to be abusing you, but you are disgusting me. Mm. Many Ugandans are disgusting me when they continue saying poverty, poverty, not knowing that there was a deliberate effort to impoverish Ugandans, both economically and soul-wise. Because so, the people that is impoverished is easy to Yes, is easy to, to really. When all these cooperative societies were being closed, when all these people envelope, they are handing over envelope, we didn't know that there is a deliberate effort to impoverish Ugandans, not only economically, but also by soul. Many Ugandans have sold their souls They've lost their souls. Levels of ethical degeneration, moral value, ethical value breakdown, and moral degeneration, where people have become nothing. They look at themselves as nothing, and they are looking at President Museven as their God. President Museven, help us, help us, help us. I had never seen this kind of thing all my time in the previous governments. So, At least people had never become beggars like this. So when you saw people running to Shenyo, what they said, yeah, let's go and eat. It had nothing to do with any support mm. of this man, but because they knew there was something to eat, 20 cows which were slaughtered, I understand how many goats, all this for them, they went to eat. And this money, I can assure you, I do believe all this money was from our money. Of At course. least money which is meant to, to take care of Ugandans was this money. That's why I want to talk before I go any further to say popularity I don't know. But I want to say it here categorically. Because God says that our 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 tongues create. I want to declare here categorically that Muhozi will not be the president of Uganda because Uganda is a republic and not a kingdom. Mm. That is number one. He will not. Let them scheme let them do whatever they do. The word of God says, it is not by might or by power, but by the spirit of the living God. They have power of finances. Mm. They have might of the gun. But the spirit of God, whom we worship, whom we value, this country's motto is for God and my, and my country. country. And the national anthem is, we lay the future in Uganda's hands. In Uganda's hands. And that's why I stand so firm. And I want to say these words to Ugandans listening to me. Ugandans, I want to remind you of the book of Galatians, where St. Paul was telling Galatians, at you Galatians, who fooled, who made you fool? Foolish Galatians, who oh, bewitched foolish, you? <laughs> foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? You Ugandans, who bewitched, who bewitched you? you? If you cannot see what is going on and really stand up and say no. Number two, the scripture 
I want to appeal to Ugandans. Why do you look at yourselves as grasshoppers in your own eyes and in the eyes of Sabarwani, President Museveni? You are behaving like the Israelites. You know, at one stage, the Israelites were, were seeing the land where they were crossing to. And they were going to possess that land. But because of the fear and their mentality, their and poor impatience. attitude, <laughs> they, they gave a bad report that they feared those people. And they were seeing themselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of their enemies and themselves. Please, Ugandans, stop seeing yourselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of Museven Sabarwani. Because when he came to fight, it is Ugandans. If Ugandans did not join him to fight, he would never have, have won. After winning, he discards everybody, does not respect Ugandans. He thinks his son is the only... Did he fight even like us who did or what we do? So let so me ask I you. I want to tell Ugandans, mm. get up, abandon fear, pick faith, and with our God, we shall defeat the project. So, since 1962, from one regime to another, Uganda's been entangled in cycles of bloodshed that have accompanied change. Now, you're very certain that the incumbent will transfer power to his son, uh, given what happened over the weekend. So, what would be option B for political opponents? How do they fight this? You see, that is his intention, that is his scheme, that is his plan. For me, I'm not calling upon the political parties because the political parties whom you are telling me, mm. they're incapacitated by fear because of what they do to them when they get up, what they do to them, killing them, shooting them, fighting them. I'm calling upon Ugandans because every Uganda I talk to, they say, what can we do? We have nothing to do. What can we do? How can they be that helpless and hopeless? So what do you suggest they do? They uh, stand they up pray? and refuse. Am I not refusing? Am I not alive? <laughs> have you seen Let me say, speak. have you seen me say, say what can we do? Mm. Let them refuse. Let them speak. The churches, eh? the churches are there. But you see, they are all corrupted. He put them in their pocket. President Museveni, honestly, President Museveni, I haven't seen anybody minimizing and despising Ugandans the way he is doing. I haven't. There was, I a, haven't. Ti there was a time when church leaders could speak and uh, political leaders would listen. But today, um, it, it doesn't seem like that because... Church leaders are eating at the same table as the president and his cronies. I tell you <laughs> that the impoverishing of the soul, the people selling their souls. You see, those members of parliament, I'm not trying to be proud, eh? mm. but I was chased out of my passion of, of politics, of fighting for justice and fairness 16 years ago. When I refused... Because you were stubborn. The removal <laughs> of term limit. No, mm -hmm. I'm not stubborn. I'm patriotic. Mm. I look at Uganda. I want Uganda to be a Uganda that belongs to Ugandans. A Uganda where Ugandans feel proud and they are enjoying their life and they are living well. So I fight for that kind of, of Uganda. Mm. Not me. I'm not involved. However... 
even if you brought how much money and gave it to me i don't have any mansion i don't have any job i'm there i also need to live nicely and yes. be all right and so on but i look at uganda and its future i look at how our girls and boys are being exported as labor to the export, middle east yes you know voluntary enslavement mm. i am telling you i'm looking at how uganda is being uh, colonized in form of investment you look at the investment oh, the coffee about. deal look at the coffee deal look at, at, at the coffee deal can you imagine you know what may shock you today mm. you see this coffee deal hmm? with uganda vinci coffee uh, company with, with that company mm. where they say they are not going to tax them all the time they are having Ten they are taking our coffee they are going to have they a tax holiday yes. tax let me tell you i wrote a book which is in the bookshop a book which sells for 40,000 What's the title of the book? The struggle for freedom and democracy betrayed. 40,000 in the bookshop. Mm. The other day the bookshop told me that the revenue authority is charging with holding tax on that one on the book on the book written. me a ugandan who is not even earning any money but then this but person then comes they're they, buying the country's but, coffee yeah, and, and they get no taxes. And today I have a, a, an orphanage which is in Kabare there is a young lady who came left her work in America there and she came here found orphans and established some some organization to care for those orphans they've been doing so well you know even getting scholarship studying abroad and so on and now they didn't have a vehicle now somebody a donor has given her mm. a vehicle mm. we came to get exemption for tax they are saying no a donation is going to be taxed And donations should not can be taxed. Imagine, can you imagine how far Uganda have gone? You see those red eh? number plates that are usually for hotels, for NGOs. Usually when you have paperwork that shows that this is a donation, you do not have to pay taxes. Of, no, forget it. That one ended long ago, but unless you are a foreigner, when you are a foreigner, you are tax exempted. When you are a, a, a national You Doing have to charitable work you've got a donation of a vehicle you can't you don't have money to pay for it by the way there are no exemption i was shocked today hmm? so uh, honorable let me ask you uh, you talked about transition and i would like to know do you think there has been or is there enough debate dedicated to the question of political transition itself yes. and if so why has a peaceful transfer of political power been elusive no. for uganda since independence no, not only after is, seven came to power you, greed for power at least caused those other the, the previous transition mm. before president mseven and we who came to power mm. did when we came to power president mseven himself said that the biggest problem of african people is refusal to hand over peacefully ha, yes. okay and we knew we are through now If mm. the head of state who is saying that he would be able to hand over power we went and did the constitution yes i was a member of the uganda constitution commission by the way you didn't know <laughs> for 20 those 21 member commission mm. i was one of them yes. we traversed the whole country 
we asked Ugandans what they wanted and their biggest problem was we want leaders who live power peacefully. So we said, so what do we do to ensure this? They said, let us limit their term. Mm. Ugandans mm. are the ones who limited the term. To two terms. Two terms. They put it in the constitution. When Museven had served, and I was there, and I protected him, the first nine years of your tenure, of the Museven's tenure, mm. you can call it ten, the first ten years, we didn't include it in the constitution. We said the two terms will begin with the constitution. So by that time he went to serve two terms, he had already served ten. Because the belief, the belief at the time was that uh, there was a lot of mess in the country. Things had to be reorganized. No, no those. What I'm telling you, mm. we who were making the constitution, mm. we we acknowledged that, and so we said the two terms mm. will begin mm. after the the ten years, the, the first ten years now, after the war. After the ten, he came in to do the, the 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 two terms, and here we are. And when he came in, we knew we all believed he would win us is too cunning. You know, do you know the cleverness which is evil? <laughs> do they call it cleverness or it's what? Cunning. It's cunning. For him, we didn't know that he had come with that project of 50 years dynasty. dynasty. And even people who were fighting with him did not know all that. They thought he came with 10 point program which were fantastic manifesto. Fantastic and we embraced it and ran with it and, and lived, fought for him and, and defended and him it and, and ran and we we picked Uganda from the ditch actually we picked Uganda I would say Uganda was picked from the dogs hmm? mm. but as we talk now Uganda is in the hands of lions of sharks of hyenas of tigers of, of tigers of elephants trampling it, it. basically any it, wild animal is, you know is, that is, is really gone and yet this man who came saying that no more of dictatorship no more of unpeaceful handover of power he has done the worst he is, and I'm saying it loud and clear, I was in Obote government too, the one I didn't see, I was still young, in Amin's government, I saw the Benaisa as the whatever, and, the I, I, and I have seen Museven's government, he has been the worst, he has, I'm not saying he has not, during his government, yes, the country, we have done many things, but in terms of governance, of dictatorship, in terms of corruption, in terms of, of of cunning, in terms he has been the worst. And he declared, he reached a stage where he said, for me, if you thought that I had gone to the bush take over power to serve you, you were deceived. I'm not working for anyone. I am not working for anybody. I'm working for myself and my clan all and right. my tribe. <laughs> alright, alright, alright. This is an amazing conversation here on RX Radio with the Honorable Miriam Matembe, the former Minister of Integrity and accomplished woman of destiny like she likes to call herself. We'll be right back. For now, enjoy some music. Your day just got better by tuning into RX Radio. Uh-huh. RX Radio.
Welcome back, welcome back to the Branch Talk. This is one of my favorite conversations I've had in a long time. I am with the former Minister of Integrity, Honorable Miriam Atembe, but she doesn't want to be known just for being a former Minister of Integrity. Like when we were starting, I mentioned some of her achievements and she's a very accomplished woman of destiny. From now onwards, I will always call you woman of (laughs) destiny. (laughs) (laughs) so i love your passion about the issues uh that um you know the issues regarding matters uh to do with our country the issues about our country and uh, before we went for the break you had a passionate debate about some of the things president Museven has done and of course the beliefs you had when he just came into power when you drafted the constitution that we have today of course it has been touched many times many things have been edited term limits were uh, you know erased uh, presidential age limit was erased so here we are uh, we have no presidential age limit we have no term limits which means that someone can rule Uganda over and over and over for many years to come imagine I was born <laughs> oh, I'm going to reveal my age but I was born the year 7 came to power and I have children I have a 14 year old son who has never known any other president and uh, I have other children that may never know another president or they may know another president later on what am I saying Ugandans have been saying that they need a new president but there is an issue here there is the issue of Musevenism, where the main agenda for most opposition politicians is to oust the incumbent. But the question is, is this the major problem the country is facing? Because citizens believe that the focus should be on better policies and changes because issues like corruption, mismanagement and misallocation of resources won't vanish simply because Museven has been replaced. Nobody is telling you that such things will vanish. Mm. But what I want to tell you is that with continuation of Museven in power Mm. and now handing it over to his son, Uganda will be done, finished, finished. Mm. Because when Museven came to power, he came with the 10-point program. Mm. That program has been long abandoned Therefore, also, his policy, his ideology, his whatever he's saying is taking Uganda nowhere except concentration. The moment you concentrate power into one person, Mm. it reaches the stage when he no longer has new ideas, when he's no longer... You know, know, look here, where all these people who grow old, that's why they they retire, get off, and other people come on board. Exactly. You cannot continue. Nothing can be changed in this country for the good. Mm. Nothing can be achieved for the good of Uganda right now in this country until President Museven and his clique, his 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 family actually. Now because the, the king he, he rules with his kingdom, <laughs> yes. or himself and his kingdom, nothing will be done for the good of people of Uganda as long as he's in power. For me, usually I don't want to attack the opposition. Mm. The opposition who tells you that opposition have no policies. 
in their manifesto. Have you ever read their manifesto? I am sure each party has a manifesto and has plans of how they want to govern. Mm. But as you know, President Museven, right from the start, did not want political parties. He used to say that when you get into political parties, I will go back to my home in Wachitura and I will see you cutting each other with pangas. He used to say it because we are there in cabinet we are where we used to say it. Now when it So how came, was he pushed to uh, accept he, well, a referendum? How he was pushed because the government actually by that time we went to Martipati fake, fake Martipati because for me I don't call Uganda Martipati political system. Mm. It is not because which party can organize a rally and go and address it? Which party can move freely. We, they arrest them. They can't talk. They can't organize. You were here when elections were taking place. Mm. Is there any single party member of opposition rallies that were not interrupted? That were it was fire. It was fight. It was actually None a, that a, a, I know. It of. was not electoral democracy. It was fight. Mm. In fact, it was war rather than elections. It was war. So me, I know these parties have. Also, they are what? They are manifesto. They also know their policies and that kind of thing. But President Museven did not want political parties. But by that time we went into the open the political space, it was because corruption had become too much and the international community, which was international partners, were saying no. He was doing so badly that opposition rise up into us. And it was very clear that people are fed up with this one movement thing. I was there in Ruachitura, in Chankwanzi, when they lifted the ban on political parties. He said to be Jeko. Mm. He was not forming the party. He said, ah, ah. Tveijeko, when they announced that in Tveijeko, then the international community will leave him free. And that the reason why, the same time they removed the term limit. So, when they were removing the term limit, he, say, he said actually that when you, they were going to remove the term limit. Mm-hmm. Then, now he said, when we, we open political parties and they remove the term limit, the international community will not bother about removing the term limit. They were because more concerned were about more concerned political parties. Political parties. Uh, so so the, party, he hit mm, two birds with one stone. When he, stone, you knew when he removed the when he doesn't remove the political parties, then people would I mean the 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 ban on political parties they will continue bashing him. So let him remove the term limit at the same time. And in the same breath, uh, release the political parties so that the international community will say what? Uh uh, they will compete. But in the same breath, he removed the term limit. He was saying to (laughs) to Vejeko, let them go Uh when we we remove. Let's silence them. We shall silence them. They will go to organize themselves in their parties. We shall have excuse. But ever since then, I want to ask you have there ever been a free political space? Do you know that FDC was a party? A competent party, mm. which if it, it it was not rigid in its elections, do you know that it would have come to power and and replaced President Museveni? Which election then, are we talking about? Twenty eleven or twenty sixteen? In fact, twenty twenty is it twenty eleven? Two thousand six, twenty eleven. Two thousand and and uh, no. 
there was an election. There was 2001, 2006, 2006 2011, 2011, and 2016. And six. Mm. 2006, actually. Mm. There was no, what do you call it? Absolute majority. Mm. There was no absolute majority. Me, they told me this international committee, actually, it was the EU. Mm. He told me that, you know, there was no... Basically, basically had got... You know, the constitution says absolute majority. Mm. You have to have 51%. Mm. None of them got 51%. But when the international community looked at it and said, ah, if we say this man has not won, we shall cause wars for nothing. Mm. They let it like that. But as you know, how FDC was fought, how VSG was fought, how the man was tortured how now when when seven trumped sees, up charges when he sees a, a certain party which can be strong mm. you can see how noop has suffered mm. so do you blame political parties so for me actually i blame mm. ugandans and i want to get them out of the political parties and look at them as ugandans mm. and i want to tell ugandans ugandans should not just say what do we do we are finished. President Museveni enjoys Ugandans' money. And I heard him on TV saying, I owe you nothing. I think you saw, I saw him saying, I owe you nothing. Most Ugandans are aware he of said, that comment. I owe you nothing, not even the government. Not So who are you? You owe us everything. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to tell President Museveni. Him and his family the whole family and all the children and all that, they have been living on us. They owe us everything that they have, everything they own. They owe it to Ugandan people because they, are, they have not been eating their own money. It is ours. Me, Miri, I can say I owe Uganda nothing because I don't depend on, on, on them. I depend on myself. <laughs> and my God, but for him, the vehicles he drives, the fuel he puts there, everything, the house where he sleeps, that was our the money. Party. Everything, the party that he made for his son, all that is our money. And he tells you, I owe you nothing. And you Ugandans, you bow to him as if you have become dogs bowing to whatever. Rise up, rise up. Wow. Focus your eyes on our God. Who created Museven? Museven is created by God, and God Almighty has power over him. And if we look to our God and believe and trust and abandon our greed, our hopelessness, we shall manage. Thank you, thank you so much, Honorable Miriam Matembe, for being here with me on this Branch Talk. I love your sentiments. I love your position. I love your grit when it comes to the issues of national importance. And I hope that uh, Ugandans have listened to you and that they pick something from everything that you've shared with us. I'm glad that you called me, <laughs> especially you are the first person to call me after this whole nonsense mm. of the meaning party mm. and then coming bringing in Kagame mm. and you think they are becoming friends Museven mm. cannot become your friend he cannot <laughs> deal with you because he's gaining something from you okay. after that he, he, he declared said that for him he has no friends he, 
All right, you thank you, thank friends. you, thank you so much. Thank you, and uh, I hear you. <laughs> this has been amazing. It has been the brunch talk. And what were we serving on the menu today? We were digging deep into the matter of the birthday celebrations for the 48th birthday <laughs> of uh, of the first son, Mohoz Kainerugaba. My name is Olive Najuma, and as we do it every Saturday, I will catch you next week. But for the meantime, time enjoy the beautiful music on rx radio i love you all and keep being nice keep being good enjoy your weekend ugandans let us rise and fight and redeem our country all right here we go give me some of this give me give me some of this rx radio